0: You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano.
0: Host of Locked On Rays on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked On Rays on Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast locked on Rays. Well, it was the the Chaz Rowe show yesterday, and I, I think it's safe to say it bombed as uh, he pretty much blew the game for the Rays.
1: Yeah, it's that that loss was entirely on two people right there, and and that's Chaz Rowe and Kevin Cash. Um, mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, there was nothing. There was nothing else. Uh, why do you why why do you have to take out a guy that's been mowing down the Yankees lineup? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't get it, Kevin. I don't I don't understand.
0: Well, Kevin Cash's reasoning was they've got obviously a, a heavy right-handed hitting lineup, the Yankees do. But Yarbrough retired nine of the ten hitters he faced. The one hit he gave up was a single and the other argument in was 42
1: pitches mm-hmm. in 42 pitches, by he was the way. moving
0: along. He was, he was looking good. And I think in the post game, Yarbrough was like, well, you know, that's, that's the coach's decision. Obviously I'd love to stay in and, but had to pass the baton off to, to Chaz Rowe and, and Chaz Rowe basically fell on his face as he's trying to, to run around <laughs> the track and, and not to hammer on Chaz Rowe, which I think he should he he's got to work out whatever he's going through right now with the slider and, and, and getting hit, and, and at least it, they weren't getting hit for bombs or anything like that. It was a lot of bloop singles, but they were making contact. They were seeing that ball and making contact and hitting it out of the infield. But that is not the situation to put Jazzro into a run one a run one run ball game against the Yankees on the road. And I I know that Kevin Cash said, well, it was a, against the bottom of the Yankees lineup. The bottom of the, the, bottom Yankees, of the Yankees
1: lineup, lineup are all stars. Exactly. It is it is
0: for all intents and purposes every part of the Yankees lineup is a middle of the order lineup for for most every other team.
1: I mean, I just, you know, we can argue day in and day out about why Cash keeps limiting effective starters before they even have to be taken out. We can argue all day long about that and 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 that's okay. But I just don't understand that why is Chaz Rowe the guy that gets called up in that situation there's no other righty they could have gone to
0: anybody I know that Oliver Dre gave up a home run and Andrew Kittredge gave up a home run later in the game but
1: Castillo hello anybody
0: don't don't let Chaz Rowe cost you this game I mean here's his ERA so far this season 514 in his ERA this month in June is 15.43 Okay, if, if 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 the Rays are leading by five runs or, or they're getting crushed in a game, go ahead, have have Chaz Rowe eat an inning or two. But in a situation like this, this is not the time
1: to do it. Especially it's with Escobar
0: not not working like it was last season.
1: It's not finding the strike zone. It's not finding the strike zone, and when it does, hitters are recognizing it and punishing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also saw another stat, the ERA plus. Is, it's at 88. that means that he's 12% worse than the average major league pitcher. okay the, Those types of, of pitchers can still have a major league career. I just don't think that they should be on a team that's trying to go to the postseason.
0: Maybe Chaz Road needs to take some hit, hit uh, tips from Masahiro Tanaka just as far as him being able to work his slider in and out of the zone and, and on the edges and, and low in the strike zone because it, it just looked like the, the ball was a grapefruit. And again, the Yankees weren't hitting the ball overtly hard. I think the exit velocity on, on all those hits was an average of about 82 miles an hour, but they're making contact, hitting it the other way, just putting it out there and allowing runs to score. And um, again, I, I just don't understand the reasoning – why Kevin Cash decided to go to Chaz Rowe in that situation. I'd love to see the algorithm or or the advanced statistic or or whatever it may be that says, okay, put Chaz Rowe in this
1: spot. But isn't there another algorithm that says, hey, in less than half the innings that he pitched in 2018, he's let in more than half the runs he did a year ago. (laughs) Isn't there uh, an algorithm that tells you, hey, his – slider is not fooling the same type of percentage that they that it did a year ago he's not the same pitcher okay he he cannot see high leverage situations anymore and they still are putting him in situations where he's going to fail right and, and i i get that um you know
0: with with ryan Yarbro, if if you leave him in for a couple of extra batters against right-handed hitters and he starts to get crushed, and, and the Rays allow a run or two, or, or however many they, they do, that Kevin Cash would get crushed for that. You, you, you can't really win in that situation, but you got to ride the hot hand there. You got to ride the guy who's been playing well and, and not go to a guy that clearly has been struggling this month and has been struggling all season. And I don't know about you, Ulysses, but when Chaz Rowe was put into that game, I thought, there it is right there. And, and yeah. after, after he gave up a hit or two, I said, that's the game. We, we can just close shop after the sixth
1: inning. Yeah, and especially a, a game that you're winning only by one run. And you know how we have been struggling to keep those in line for victories, the one-run games. And and you put in Chaz Rowe against a team that's just so deep in their lineup. And I don't care that he says, well, it's the bottom of the order. That, that's That doesn't matter when you're in Yankee Stadium against the Yankees. I'm sorry. That's just not gonna cut it yeah and the bottom uh, of
0: the order just to just to amuse you is Didi Gregorius Glaber Torres and Cameron Maben who hit just probably one of the longest home runs all season uh I believe against Andrew it was either against Drake or Kittredge but uh that that's a pretty pretty tough bottom of the order to to put a guy in a situation against
1: yeah and and Cash said after the game that the ending was his no matter what up to Hicks up to Hicks Hmm. up to Hicks wasn't Hicks hitting third Yes. So you're telling me that you're giving him the eight, nine, one, two, three. So you're, you're giving him five hitters of a leash. And so basically half the leash that you gave Yarbrough. That does not make sense.
0: Yeah. It does
1: not make sense.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and this is the time. I mean, I, I think it's clear that the Yankees as of right now, especially with Yandy Diaz out of the lineup and some of the injuries that the Rays have had and. Alvarado not back yet, that the Yankees, quite frankly, are a better team than the Rays. They're, they're a more complete team. I know their, their starting pitching staff has been kind of iffy of late, but um, they just added Edwin and They're probably going to make another move, and um, it, it could become an arms race. And, and right now the Rays are now two and a half games back of New York. And, and don't look now, but Boston is slowly catching up, quietly catching up. They've won six of their last seven games and they're making up ground while the Rays are continuing to lose and continuing to lose series. This is their 14th series loss out of 15 at Yankee Stadium so far.
1: Yeah, it's become a trend, uh, unfortunately, in the Bronx where the Rays keep struggling, and um, something has to be done, and hopefully um, we can get a W today in an early matchup uh, of Lefty Snell against Sabathia. But, Kevin, I just... It's 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 really uh, unfortunate that our first week's uh, worth of podcast is us (laughs) venting uh, about losses because this team had been so good for so long. Uh, But we have to talk about how frustrating these types of losses are, because I, I just I don't understand. Still, I just don't understand Chaz Rogue having half the leash that Yarbrough got. It just doesn't make sense.
0: And you've got to wonder if he's going to get released or what's going to happen to him. I think he's out of options, of course, and you can't really throw him out there again unless it's some type of blow, blowout game and you're just, hey, just eat up some innings. That's it. That's the only situation that you can put that guy in as of right
1: I now. I can only see him as a mop-up guy right now. Yeah. I mean, if somebody needs three innings or so, but I've, I don't or really... Or somebody
0: know. needs batting practice, you know, you just throw him <laughs> out there too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't think a team that wants to really contend in 2019 could have the spot for a guy with Chaz Rose numbers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I really think don't.
0: The, the time is now to, to really look at adding a right-handed reliever, if not more. And, you know, the other thing that bothered me about the game was the fact that there was an hour and a half rain delay. It's like, well, you know, everybody craps on the trap. Well, Look here, young, Yankee Stadium, the, the the great cathedral that is, and we got to sit here. <laughs> the game's supposed to start at seven ten. It starts at eight thirty or whatever, and
1: um, and it ends. Oh, but, but, up but for Kevin, what about the power outage at the Trop? Oh my! Well, that was gosh. only thirty minutes.
0: So and it that only, only happens once yeah. or twice a year at the very most, too. Yeah. The worst thing but, about the Trop is, um, me for me, anyways, I, I run a little bit cold blooded. So seventy two degrees, I bring a sweatshirt or I bring a sweater or I wear long sleeves. That's it. I don't have to wear a poncho. I mean, if you looked in the stands, like, from the first inning on, everybody at that game was miserable. It was like, why are we sitting here at <laughs> this ball game with the rain pouring down? It's wet. It's cold. It's dreary. Right. This is not fun. Even though my team, the Yankees, are winning, this is not fun to sit through.
1: It looked like a miserable game to be uh, attending, honestly. It, it, and from TV, too. It just looked gray. It just, just miserable. <laughs> uh, maybe through a... a the lenses of a of a race fan it it looked even worse but i just that did not look like fun and it's very possible that today's game could get rained
0: out as well there's some some reports about that and then or if it it could get delayed at the very least and that forces the race you know they got they got to take a trip west to
1: to oakland and then you know things aren't going to get any easier from there so they got somebody on the mound going that can play a stopper they got the right guy blake snell um hopefully he comes out his in his 2018 self um cc sabathia hasn't had great numbers this year uh kind of um three and four with a 442 era uh just he's not the same pitcher obviously that he was he once was well it's interesting Uh, because
0: this is his final season 38 years old um, he's actually shooting for his 250th career win, and I wanted to ask you, as an avid baseball fan, if you think CC Sabathia is a Hall of Famer.
1: Oof. Um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Because he's
0: had one. such longevity, and he was great from a period of about 2006 to 2012, winning a side young, and um, making multiple all-star games, and then, of course, like most players, later in their career, they kind of fall down a little bit, but he had to reinvent himself as he Mm -hmm. lost fastball velocity. But you look at some of those career numbers, and he's got over 3,000 strikeouts. His his career war is greater than several Hall of Famers, although some of those Hall of Famers don't have quite as long of a career as Sabathia. So he's been very good for a very long time and great for a period of five, six, seven years. I, I certainly don't think he's going to be a first ballot guy, but definitely a guy that could squeeze in if, you know, comparing his numbers to some of these other guys.
1: Well, you know, I think one of the the greatest things that he has in his um, on his side is that he's wore pinstripes yeah. for now most of his career. And and that carries some weight because it puts you on a national stage. It puts you uh, on the spotlight for so many sports writers to know about you, to kind of dissect your numbers and kind of create this mythical, um, sh- shadow behind mm-hmm. you. Um, so I think he's going to definitely get some recognition for that. I, I think he's French for me. Yeah. I mean, I um, think if, if Andy Pettit gets in, then he's right. gets in. Right. But, right. And, and, and one other thing is what I did like about Sabathia before, um, he got a, you know, he signed with the Yankees in 09 Was that ability to go on a short rest start uh, when the team mm-hmm. needed him the most? When he got traded to the Brewers for that half season, that was amazing. That was such was, a fun time. Yeah, that was such that a fun was, time
0: to follow baseball when it was like what every three days they're throwing him out there, getting, getting every penny's yeah. worth out of season. Exactly. Batting. He was okay with it. He was, you know, he's got. Yeah. He doesn't look like your prototypical pitcher. Big burly lefty and he, he's just been fun to watch over the years and it's it's yeah. really been a, a very very good career and, and you wonder if he's able to sneak into the hall of fame and um, again his counterpart Blake Snell a guy who um, isn't quite living up to the Cy Young season he had last year although how can you do it that pretty much that that's not an easy thing to do but um, Snell this year struggled with runners in scoring position Um, he's been working with a a slew of different catchers. Uh, he hasn't been utilizing the fastball quite as much. So, um, you hope this is the time where he gets back on track and, and you hope the team is able to help him out and give him some run support to be able to get back on track as well.
1: Well, yeah, those two things, uh, he needs run support. You know, it kind of doesn't work if the team doesn't score runs for you. And number two, I, I just don't see that Blake Snell has a good rhythm. This 2019 in 2018, it just seemed like every time he was out there, you knew what you were going to get from him, which was an impeccable start. Right. Right. This this time around, you seem so kind of shaky at times. Kind of like one inning, just not himself. Um, You know, the the mixing of his pitches is not quite there like it was uh, last year. Like we've noted, he's not using his fastball as much as he was last Mm -hmm. year. He's kind of trying a variety of, of pitches, so we'll see. We'll see what happens today. Hopefully, they come out with a W because um, this team needs it. Um, Boston sneaking in yeah. and and uh, what is it? Three and a half games now, right now? I believe so. Yeah. So it's 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 troublesome to be it right sandwiched in between those two giants um, if you're not winning. Against them. They have to start winning against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And again, they've got several more games against them coming up as well. So that's something that
0: uh, has got to be figured out. Um, so far in June, Blake Snell has a 6'59 ERA in 13 and two thirds innings pitch. So you hope he's able to get on track today if that game is played. Coming up next, we'll talk about, uh, we'll answer some Twitter questions and an email from some of our listeners out there. All right, Ulysses. Uh, Yesterday on the show, we we talked extensively about Brennan McKay and Jake Cronenworth and and you wonder if um, those guys are going to be September call-ups or possibly sooner. Maybe the Rays need another arm desperately and and Brendan McKay might be that guy. So we posed a couple of Twitter questions. Uh, The first one was, should the Rays call up AAA sensations and two-way players Brennan McKay and Jake Cronenworth before September? 25% of the respondents said yes to both 72% said yes to McKay 3% said yes to Cronenworth and nobody said neither. So everybody agrees (laughs) that at least one of these guys should be called up. And um, you wonder if injuries continue to hit and the the pitching continues to struggle at times that these guys will be called up sooner rather than later. I mean, this is the time for reinforcements, I think.
1: Yeah, it's it seems like people want to see McKay um, this sooner rather than later. Uh, and, and it's exciting. He's an exciting player, and he probably knows that, and he probably wants to already be at the major league level. Um, so, yeah, when he does, and everything is pointing out that, you know, he will probably see some... Some major league time mm-hmm. this year. Uh, it's a shame about Cronenworth, only 25%. Right. Saying, I, uh, yes to both, or 3% to Cronenworth. Again, not getting any buzz or love, but I, yeah. you know, let's see what the kid can do. He's smashing right now. Definitely. And I mean,
0: you need all the help you can hit whether get, whether it's pitching or hitting. I mean, anybody that can come up and contribute. I mean, he's definitely proven himself at AAA, and, and you'd love to see him uh, get an opportunity as well. Um, and I'm sure there'll be maybe some other guys that, that get called up as well between uh, now and then um, the other thing that, that was kind of going around uh, on ESPN and national being got picked up was um, one of the Rays double a prospect kid by the name of Chris Betts. Uh, he won the mid Midwest league, home run derby. I didn't even know that they had a home run derby, but I guess they (laughs) do. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: After he won it, I believe he had 24 home runs in the derby. He chucked his bat down the first baseline and into the outfield.
1: It was uh, a sight to see, Kevin. Wow.
0: And uh, we put out there to the listeners, if people are okay with that or not okay with that. Um, 71% said they were cool with it. 11% said it was poor sportsmanship. And 18% said baseball needs more personalities. Um, and I kind of agree with – again, you don't want to do that during a game. That, that's, a, that's a safety habit. That's <laughs> We know what yeah. Kelly Shopik has done with that bat before if you, right. if you go back a little bit. But um, I, in a double-A home run derby, if there's nobody around, I'm cool with it. I had never heard of the guy beforehand. So – it's drawing some attention to the Rays. It's drawing some attention to this kid, Chris Betts. It's drawing some attention to the minor leagues. And I'm sure his his team in Bowling Green is going to create some type of promotion or bat flip day or something to capitalize on it. I'm totally cool with it.
1: If if he hadn't done that, people would not know who Chris Betts was. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't done that, people were not would not be talking about the Mitt League home run derby. Okay, it's, you know, it just, it wouldn't have gone as, as viral as that, uh, as it did. That was an amazing, impressive chucking of a bat. I've, I've never seen that. Who okay. can chuck a bat better, Kelly Shopik or Chris Betts?
0: But <laughs> Shopik doesn't do it intentionally.
1: Exactly, that's the thing. This yeah. guy w- w- did it with a purpose. And I don't know if you saw that, but he actually did a little sequel to his act, I did not. Do um, that. And yesterday, when the the game was tied um, for extra innings, they don't they don't have extra innings to decide the match because mm-hmm. or, or the game. Uh, so what they do is have a little home run derby. Whoever can hit the most home runs in ninety seconds. That's pretty cool. I like that. Actually, yeah, right. Maybe we should and then, do that so with baseball. Bets. Take
0: out the extra innings and just go to a home run derby. Kind of like shootouts <laughs> with the NHL.
1: It, right. It, it yeah. brings
0: some more I mean it, it shorten the games and, and heighten the interest with the games, that's for sure.
1: Right. So that's what they did. And he won it. And and then he kind of amped it up a little bit yeah. with his teammates and everything. Like, I'm gonna chuck it. I'm gonna chuck it. And then he did it again. Um, so yeah, it was I I like you said, there was nobody in right field. It's not a safety hazard. Go chuck bats. I don't mm-hmm. care. It's a home run derby it's you know in a minor
0: fine. league home run derby at that. I you're mean it fine. got him some attention. I'm I'm cool with it. And then for yeah. the scoring at home, uh, Chris Betts is a 22 years old. He was a second round draft pick out of the Rays and um, he's kind of your prototypical power hitting catcher. 12 home runs this season in double A with a 2.26 average. So, not sure if he makes the major leagues anytime soon, but at least Gets himself a little bit of attention. He got a thousand bucks out of the home run derby, which you know is, is That's pretty awesome. big for a minor leaguer. So right, yeah. Um, and then the final thing, we got an email from uh, our good buddy Ty, who who listens frequently to us, and and he kind of posed this uh, about what the Rays will do at the trade do- deadline. He said, "I doubt we will be big spenders, but if we are, it won't be a big name. Maybe another starter or bullpen stud."
1: What do you think I, about that? I agree. I mean, now that the Keiko Kimbrell saga is over with, Yankees getting more power, I I think the race have to uh, respond. I don't think they'll respond with a big name like that, like Encarnacion. Mm-hmm. I think Ty's right on that. Uh, but it'll be like an under the radar kind of kind of get um, something like Avi was, right? Uh, you know, a, a sign that people kind of scratch their head at the a little bit. Uh, when they first hear it, but um, I think that's what they'll go with. Uh, yeah. They're, they I don't think they're going to to go big.
0: Uh, and, and I think the other thing is, if they do, it's probably going to be a guy with an expiring contract, or you got to work out some type of cash consideration. The other team will take a portion of his contract. So there's ways to work around that um, without the Rays having to pay a guy, you know, eleven million dollars down the stretch of a season or whatnot. So. I think they should definitely do their due diligence and, and see who they can find or, or what they can find without mortgaging the future with with giving up a, a big-name prospect. But I would say probably the number one priority after last night's game anyway is is finding a right-handed reliever. And there's no shortage of those. Just um, yeah. finding somebody that can step in and, and um, be consistent and execute in high-leverage situations because something tells me Chas Rowe is – probably not going to be with the team for the long haul.
1: Yeah. And, and relievers are, are just a dime a dozen, you know I mean? It's not, it's not going to, to, to be very difficult to, to, to obtain that kind of talent that is not 12% worse than the average pitcher. Right. Yeah. So Uh, he's
0: below replacement level.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, um, yeah. Uh, thank you Ty for, for that comment. And, uh, uh, I know he's a little bit maybe struggling at times because he's in enemy territory. So oh yeah, hang in there. He's, he's he actually lives in Boston right now and is a Rays fan in Boston. So I don't know if you can can
0: go you know in Boston downtown and, and wear a Rays hat or anything without getting some some nasty looks and that sort of thing. So he's got to keep <laughs> yeah. it secret. But uh, we always thank him for listening. He also said that the Rays need to go back to winning series, which of course. I think yeah. everybody will agree with and, and focus on that. Uh, again, I know it's a, it's a one game at a time approach, but at the end of the day, if you win series, good things are going to happen. And th- the one thing that can happen is getting swept, which is certainly a possibility for, for later today. So that'll do it for today's show. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at locked on raise. You can also email us at locked on raise at gmail.com. Of course, if you want to be a featured sponsor of the show, you can reach out to us as well at that same email address. Again, I'm Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can subscribe to this show on the podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast locked on Rays.